This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. Welcome to Above Grade, where each week we discuss the construction landscape in Central Ohio. I'm your host, Bryce Jacob, president at J.S. Brown & Company. I'm here with Greg Hansberry. The two of us are here every week for your educational and entertaining value. And to be honest with you, there's probably more entertaining than educating than some weeks. I, I figured that uh, maybe we we could be infotainers. Oh, you you like know, I've never really looked at that. Is yeah. there such a thing, infotainers? Yeah, we are. We're informative Infot- and we're entertaining. We're infotainers. Infot- that's infotaining. What we do. All right. Well, I like it. I think uh, I'm going to change my business cards as soon go. as we get out of this thing. Uh, president and infotainer. <laughs> what does that make like you? It. Producer and infotainer? Yeah. All right, folks, hang in there. We do have a good week here like we do every week, right? Absolutely. I mean, has there been a bad one yet? Not yet. No. We're uh, due. If, if we're due, just, Dave. We're due for a bad one. That's right. So we, we brought a guest in because we're desperate these days. Not really. All right. You can laugh. <laughs> all right. We got a great guy with us today. Uh, his name is Dave Otavi. He is a construction consultant over at J.S. Brown and & Company, and he's new to the team. And so this was a, a way, this is not part of your interview process. Right. I didn't tell you this was coming. Right. Right. And uh, I know I sprung on him this morning, actually. You know, I got to go to the studio. How would you like to be our, our guest? Because I didn't have one lined and up. And I'm up so. for it. And you're up for it. Yeah. Perfect. So that's a perfect. Uh, Greg, would you believe this? This is based on how far we are into the show that Dave has not done anything with radio or podcasts in the past. So far, he looks like a pro. Yeah, it's you only been see a him. minute in, but uh, it's all those years uh-huh. of listening to radio. That's, uh-huh. so <laughs> that's right. You know what I would have said <laughs> if I were on the radio? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I hear you. So Dave, uh, Dave actually comes to JS Brown with a really extensive background in construction, which is really exciting. For me, because I've been looking for somebody who can be a good construction consultant to homeowners as we get out in their homes, who really understands the construction uh, of of the home from an intimate standpoint, because you've been building homes. And so tell us a little bit about what you've been doing, because you spent 32 years with a very reputable builder in town. Well, I started as a punch out and deck and fence builder and just progressed from there. There was a transition with the builder I was working for that, that went through several different superintendents and it seemed like I was the last one in line and they asked me if I was interested in the job. I took it and I stuck with it for over 30 years. 30 years. So you were a project manager, correct? Right. Yep. And the company we're talking about is Bob Webb. Bob Webb Homes. Yeah. So building very fine homes. You've done a lot of their custom work. Yes. And uh, several parade houses mm-hmm. through the course of the years. Seven of them, I think, is the count which is uh, it's quite a process to build a, a, a very nice custom house in a very short time frame with a whole lot of people around uh, doing the same thing on the same street. Yeah, so a lot of mud, never a clean car. No, never a parking spot. Or a parking spot, yeah. So, so talk to us a little bit about that because the Parade of Homes just, that we have here in, in Central Ohio just ended a few weeks back. Right. And uh, so you know what they went through. So tell us a little bit about that. I think homeowners don't necessarily appreciate is what you're going through to get those homes ready for these tours for people to go through and then make get them all tracked up and muddied up and all that good stuff. The biggest challenge with the Parade of Homes is the time frame that they set for you. It's not that it's an impossible house to build or it, you know, it can't be done well. It's just the time frame that they give you. It's generally started after the first of the year. The parade 
generally starts in June. They've pushed it back a little bit in the last couple of years, but uh, it's just a time constraint with all the other builders working on that same street at the same time that makes it so difficult. Yeah. Are there some resources we could share, though? It seems like you might be able to capitalize on that a little bit. I'm not sure what the question is. Yeah, well, like if, if there's somebody who's building you a, a house right next door, couldn't you guys share uh, back Plumbers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, generally, every every builder pretty much has their own core group of subcontractors so that okay. they're, they're, they're more familiar with them. They're working with them th- so you got for your, a long you period of time, you're they very got their isolated, even though they're, right. they're building. Kind of what home. makes the individuality of your Correct. your team yeah. now. Yeah. Someone might yell out the window, "Hey, do you got a hammer?" But maybe not. Hey, you got a plumber? <laughs> you got That's a- right. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your coping saw. Can I borrow a coping saw? Anybody? <laughs> We're doing a standing seam roof over here. <laughs> who's got some extra schluter? <laughs> oh, at this point in time, it's who's got a contractor that can do the job anyway, because it's such a short, short labor market. Yeah, and I know that's one of the problems, and we'll talk a little bit more, or quite a bit more about that. We've we've touched on that quite a bit, haven't we, Greg, over the, over the past several months of doing this program on a labor shortage. I mm. guess, you know, you, the concern that we have, and that's part of what drove you into exploring the opportunities at J.S. Brown. Right, that's correct. It's just, it's, it's gotten to be so difficult to find capable people that are willing to work to do the tradesmen's jobs. A lot of guys want a job, but they don't really necessarily want to learn how to do the finer points of each trade to get better at it and more efficient and make the job go better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I know you're trying to coordinate all those moving parts. You're trying to look forward and you just came off of a huge project. You had left Bob Webb and you had a, uh, about a year or is that yeah, right? a year and a half, about yeah, a year yeah. and a half. Uh, to work on a special project and you build a home. You remember the guys from Mount Vernon Barn Company that mm-hmm. were here, uh, yeah. Doug and Steve, that were with us just a, a couple weeks ago, I guess it's been now. And um, they know Dave because he built uh, his last house that he just built was a custom home that was from one of the, the barn home frames that the Mount Vernon Barn Company had. Cool. So they were very aware of uh, Dave. As a matter of fact, when we recorded that program just to make the world a bit smaller, uh, I mentioned that we were bringing Dave on board, and they went, oh, we know Dave. You know, I figured they might, but, yeah, they went on and on about why I shouldn't hire Dave, but, you know, I, I was too late at that point. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was a – tell us about It was a very, house. very neat project. It's probably one of the best projects I've worked on. It was a, uh, a pre-Civil War barn that was built in uh, Gambier, Ohio, originally, uh, hand-hewn, and stood there up until probably 2016 or 17 when it was taken down and cataloged and put on a trailer and brought down to Ostrander. And we put a concrete foundation up and re-erected the the superstructure of the barn and then clad it with almost all reclaimed material on the inside and uh, wood siding on the outside. So it was a beautiful house. It was spectacular. I mean, I, the the story I'll tell real quick on how Dave and I met, which was it was by fate. I'm determined. Um, I have a project going on where it, it calls for some barn wood, and I was talking to Doug and Steve about um, getting the material from them, and they were so busy as everybody is, and they said, you know, we've got a project going on in Ostrander. If you don't mind driving up there, I'll have our guys take the material over there because they're finishing up this project. And you can pick it up from them, but that's the only way we can get it to you this week. 
And I said, fine, I'll do that. And that's a hike to get mm-hmm. up to Ostrander from, you know, downtown. So I hopped in the car and drove on up there and I started down this windy little gravel road that wound around to this house, setting back on some acreage by a, by a little lake. And it just took my breath away because I went, oh my gosh, is that thing stunning? And there was this guy uh, out front in his uh, in his car and there was the Mount Vernon Barn Company uh, truck there and the guys were working on some things. So I went up and I said, hey, I need some barn wood. And the guy said, oh, that's the guy you talked to over there. It was all mixed up. Anyway, it was Dave that I ran into and he said, no, you need to talk to the barnwood guy. So it was, nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> it was typically typical project that's being right, run, right? right. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I asked if I could go inside the house and see it because they said they were just finishing up and the homeowners coming the next day to take possession of it. So they said, yeah, you can go in. And so I went in, looked at it and just, it was jaw dropping. Cool. This kitchen was just all... Uh, this rustic vintage, you know, with all this barn material, the two-story high fireplace that's stone, the wood plank flooring was just, you know, is perfectly beat up to perfection. There was a live edge bar top in an area with steel plate fronts to the bar. And uh, I might have some of that wrong, but it's what I remember it being. But there were some um, uh, old uh, uh, hay trolleys that were fashioned into light fixtures over the island. It was just, the detail in it was just spectacular. I just kind of walked through this. Every turn I made, I went, oh, there's something else that's spectacular. I went outside and looked at the outdoor living area and just the same thing. It's unlike anything you'd typically see around here. The the attention to detail and the quality was so over the top that it just, it was exciting. And this guy is following me around inside the house and I finally went up to him and I said, hey, yeah, you must be affiliated with the house. How are you connected to the house? And and he goes, "Wow, I was the project manager for it." And I went, "Oh my gosh, you did a beautiful job! <laughs> I can't, I can't them. believe this." <laughs> and uh, and I I said, "Well, now you're done with this. <laughs> what are you doing?" And uh, he said, "Well, you know, I very so, cool. Uh, the rest of the story is kind of written." And uh, and we got together for lunch because Paul Martin that we've had on the show, who's the production manager at JS Brown, uh, he and and Dave, ironically, worked together at Bob Webb some years ago. So they've known each other over over time. So when I got back to the office, I, I went into Paul and I said, hey, you know this Dave Otavi guy? And he goes, oh, man, yeah, I know Dave. He's a great guy, a great carpenter, blah, 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 went on and on about him. I said, well, let's get him in here and have some lunch with him. And so we scheduled a lunch. This is my favorite part of the story. So we, we, How many martinis later? No, no, no. We got too many martinis. And uh, we were, we went to lunch and Paul was a half hour late. And so we were, you know, Paul's thinking project manager, project manager, coming to J.S. Brown, this would be great. And uh, I went, man, this guy might want to actually consult to homeowners about how to build these projects and help design new space. And Long story short, I got 30 minutes head start on Paul, and the rest is history. <laughs> Teaches Paul to never be late to anything he's got with me again. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you started last week. You're on your second week. Yep. And uh, and uh, we're frustrating the heck out of you. No, just a little bit of computer stuff. That's something I've never had to deal with too much. But uh, it's not insurmountable. I'll get over it and uh, stick yeah. with it. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like the spirit, and uh, one of our teammates uh, bought a candle for you, 
Courtney that you all know, I bought you a, a sawdust scented candle <laughs> just so he wouldn't miss the, oh, that's <laughs> miss nice. the construction site too much. So whenever you get lonely, just light up that, fire up that candle. <laughs> yep. On a that's rain good. day today, like today, I, I won't miss uh, having to reschedule work because I couldn't work outside. Either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you live locally here. You have for a long time. You're in Clintonville, isn't that right? I live in Clintonville, lived there for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. where did you come from? Are you... I'm a Columbus boy, actually. I was born in Massachusetts. My family moved to Columbus when I was six, so I'm pretty much a Columbus guy. Uh, lived in Idaho for a few years. That's where I got started in construction, building uh, post and beam garages and sheds out there. Came back to uh, Columbus in the early 80s when the building economy was down a little bit out west and came back and uh, where the family was and got a job on a, a framing crew working on framing production houses initially mm-hmm. and then uh, worked there for a couple of years and then started with Bob Webb in 1985. Wow. And, and so... Has carpentry always been in your blood or in the family, or how did you get into it? No, not hands-on stuff has always been a huge interest of mine. Anything that I can do with my hands, I enjoy doing. I've got probably more a mechanical mind than anything else. It's certainly not a mathematic mind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So anything I can do with my hands, I was always drawn towards, and it just was a good fit. It was get back to the basics. There's not a lot of new techniques or, or, or things you can try with, with, with framing stuff or building stuff. It's, it's got to be done from the, from the ground up and it's got to be done right or it won't hold up. It won't mm. last. Right. And so you've done, you've done that for 35 plus years in, in total. And so moving from project managing to now de- developing projects that get managed by others, you know, is that concern you at all? No, I th- um, I think I'll keep, <laughs> a little, I'll keep a little, little bit of an there. eye on things. I'm not trying to. I would, definitely don't want to run the show by any means. But um, if I see something that you know could be done maybe differently, then I wouldn't. You know, I won't hesitate to speak up. But I'm I'm certainly not uh, reluctant to turn over the reins either. Mm-hmm. And so, what were what were some of the key reasons why you said let's uh, let's take a break from the field and let's get in front of this uh, on the front end of the projects. Well, there's several things. Um, getting a little bit older, don't uh, you know necessarily want to tramp around in the mud and climb around in framed buildings too much anymore. And then also just again the frustration with finding quality contractors to work on projects. Um, it's just changed so much through the course of just the last six or eight years. It seems like it's gotten incredibly hard. And then um, just the ability or the the opportunity to work with with new clients and take a, a a building or a home that they're living in now and and that they've they've lived with and and help maybe improve it or change it, update it, upgrade it to make it suit what they're you know what they're interested in, in having. Yeah, Greg, I'll tell you the thing I'm extremely excited about about having a guy like Dave on board is he's he's built it for so long. That he knows what to look for on the front end. Mm-hmm. What are, what information does the team need in the field to build successfully? And I think one of the things in our industry in particular, when you're talking about design build, or even if you're talking about architecture and then construction, <laughs> is you have two bodies basically that are trying to accomplish the same thing that speak different languages often. And so you have the the production team going, 
if they would design it this way or they would make sure they put this in, then we would be, we would have it accounted for when we go to build it. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa, you've got the design people that go, Hey, I gave you the information. Why are you rebuilding it or tearing it out? And so I think the thing I'm really looking forward and our guys are really excited about Dave being on board, especially our guys in the field, because they go, he's, he's one of us. He speaks he's, their language. He knows our yeah. language. And so they're putting a lot of high hope in Dave. <laughs> I think all yeah, of us yeah. are. Is, that uh, is great. We've got really high hopes for him to maybe find a common language for us to use so we get it right even, even more. I mean, we've 40 years of doing business at J.S. Brown and good reputation, but we, we've we can get better. You know, we want to get smarter. We want to continue to push it. And we feel like Dave is a really important piece to being able to, you know, fill in some of the gaps of things that in our design team that's there currently uh, is very excited about having Dave say, Hey guys, let's, he, he's our he consultant too. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, a, sure. he, he becomes our consultant as well. So, and the next thing you know, he'll be uh, knowing all the, the, color palettes and all the things that the uh, designers know. <laughs> well, I don't know about that one. I don't even know if I know those. I, you know, those darn well, colors change All weekly. the design trends will be coming to Dave about. Yeah, I, he's not an interior designer. <laughs> no, he's no, a construction consultant. Man. He's, <laughs> you tell me what color you want it painted, and I'll get it painted that color. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be a little different. But, yeah, the, the computer is one of the things. There's so much technology that I know you haven't had to rely on, and that'll be a little bit of the learning curve. But, you know, we, we ran our first appointment together and uh, picked up a, picked up a, our de, a first design together as well. So we had a client hire us to design a space. So, you know, there's a, there's a good connection Dave has. I encourage anybody who's listening to the program that's considering doing a remodeling project, you'd want to have Dave come out and get to know you. So... Definitely call in uh, JS Brown and get to know us, or shoot us an email. It's a it's a great way to to uh, to make that connection. So yeah, the, the, let's talk a little bit about that depressing thing in our industry, which is a trade professional sor- shortage. What do you think is leading to that, or why are we there? Well, I don't. I really don't have the answer to that. I think there's uh, there's a perception that you can't make a good living working with your hands. Uh, the people are discouraged by that. I think for years it's been been looked down on and it's just kind of ingrained in people. And to a large degree, uh, to start out and doing that labor, the the trade schools, the the, the apprentices, they aren't high paying jobs, but you got to stick with that if you're interested to be it, to get to the point where you can start making money. So there is a little bit of that short, long-term payoff for the effort that you put into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I would have to agree with everything you just said there with the perception of the industry is, uh, and I was there too. I'll be, be honest with you. I, I remember, um, taking shop class in school and many of the kids that were in shop were not ones that were typically academically were pursuing other things. Right. And, but it's a it's a phenomenal field to work in. And I'll tell you what, you have to be smart. You have to be smart to figure this out. The way some of these guys look at something and go, hmm, they're, they have a mathematical mind. You have right. a good engineering mind. Uh, and it's a rewarding industry. You can make very good money doing it over time. The hours are wonderful. And, you know, the, generally the way construction has evolved, there are a lot of really nice opportunities within it. So... You know, working in the capacity of working with your hands, there is something rewarding creating something. You know, we're all born 
as creators. I mean, my goodness, Jesus was a carpenter, wasn't he? Right. So yeah. I've heard. So you know that's <laughs> not a bad uh, uh, career path, I would think. No. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, I think the workforce is also impacted by the fact that there's a ton of work being done. And so each company is spread a little thin on, no, on doing what they're doing. So Greg's idea of just saying, hey, when your plumber's done, have them come over <laughs> here, <laughs> maybe not such a bad idea. But, uh, you know, we, we find we had a, a guy just recently uh, that we talked to that was a, he was an actuary. And uh, so he's coming out of a field where it's, you know, very analytical and numbers oriented. And, and he is leaving that because he wants to pursue a career in carpentry. He wants to work with his hands and work with his mind in a different way. And, uh, you know, that, that's wonderful to see people come out of a professional field or field already. They're, they are indeed professional people. Mm-hmm. And that's great. The, our industry is getting more and more professional as the years go by. And uh, that communication to homeowners, I think a lot of homeowners recognize the value as well, more than they did previously, of having somebody who knows construction and can look at their home and take care of their their finest asset that they have. And uh, I think we're fortunate at JS Brown, we have most, most of our clients greatly appreciate everything we do. There are still some that, you know, they'll pay their bill and expect you just to go in and do your thing and that's that. And uh, others try to, to develop a really nice relationship with you and get to know your families and realize we're people the same as sure. they are. So and, it's uh, pretty rewarding. Well, and, and the work you guys are doing, I mean, you alluded to it with the, the house you were talking about where you met Dave. I mean, it's art. You it's know what art. I mean? You guys, the stuff you're doing, it's creative. It's cool. It's not just, you know, framing up and drywalling anymore. You're really, you know, using your imagination and doing some cool stuff. I mean, that was architectural digest quality stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that thing was... That was fine, fine stuff. So, yeah, I was all giddy. And Dave was like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I was like, wow, that was really exciting. <laughs> so, and here you are. So yep. that's all I expect now, projects <laughs> like that. <laughs> comes with a budget. <laughs> that definitely comes with a budget, yeah. It comes with a budget. That's right. Don't they all? They right? all do. They all do. They all come with one. Well, it's talking about special projects and you've been doing this long time talk about some other ones or unique or interesting things that you've done that you've had a had your hand in uh some of the other ones that i've done is a lot of the stuff out in uh, new albany especially in the 90s when it was all trying to follow the true uh georgian architecture to as close to detail as they possibly could with the slate roofs and the all brick and the brick designs that was really, really neat to see um, and do quite a few of the houses out there in New Albany. Um, done a few contemporary houses. That's really not my style of preference, but those are neat. And those are a challenge. And a lot of people appreciate the design and the style of those, too. Um, just um, we've, done, we've done a couple other houses that were similar to the barn project, but the, the true custom houses are the ones that, that really stick with you that that they're a little bit more money to do. They're a little more time to do. You need to find the right people to do them. But those are the ones that really stand out that Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you get the most satisfaction from looking back on them. So let's talk about remodeling now because it's very different, right? Than the the new home building that you've done. Have you ever done remodeling? I've only done a little bit of remodeling at my own property, at my own house. No, 
They haven't really done much. So it's a little, yeah, it's a little different, I think, from the service end. So my nerves would be uh, heightened if you were going into project management of a remodeling uh, arm of the company as opposed to new build because of the on-site service that's expected. Not that you wouldn't be capable of it, but because you aren't used to that and the types of guys we have to have in to service homeowners who have pets and kids and grandparents and cars in the garage already, you know, when we're carrying material into the house. So, you know, the, there's there's some attention to that detail that's just different. But when it comes to designing a remodeling project, you probably have an edge because you know how they're built from the ground up inside out. And yeah, backwards. you can see what's going on pretty much behind the walls without taking the walls apart. But um, working with Bob Webbs, doing the project managers, truly from start from an empty lot to finish one-year warranties, I did do a lot of client contacts because I had to follow up with warranty stuff for a whole year for those houses that were built and closed and, you know, did have to work with clients and accommodate schedules and to get service done. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, Dave, I'm super, super, super excited to have you on board and looking I'm forward to the next week. Yeah, absolutely. We got a bunch of appointments lined up this week. And I can't wait to unveil you to people. And after they hear this podcast, I probably won't see you much anymore. <laughs> You're going to be in so such demand. I got a tip of the week. Let's hear it. I want you to hear this. This right. is a good one. It's going to confuse some people, but it's going to tee up next week. All right. It's time for the tip of the week. My tip of the week is just this. Check out our weekly releases of above grade podcasts so you can stay on top of what's happening in Columbus and around our country with respect to construction. If you don't think this tip is useful enough, tune in next week for an entire show of tips. Ah, I like like where I went with this. I do. It's a, Can't I'm wait till baiting next week. you to come back next week. <laughs> We're going to get you ready for fall. We're going to get your home ready for fall, for winter, really. So things you can do around the house this fall. Tip after tip after tip, that's all we're going to do. And you know what, Dave, you want to come back to that one? I'll do that, yeah. Yeah, you got time. Sure. Well, I'll until you're in full demand, maybe you can help me give some tips. A couple tips. more minutes, right. I'm available. All right, well, awesome. So we're going to do that next week. Cool. And I want you, Greg, to be yeah. thinking about some things because we might even put you on the spot a little bit and say, what do you think you, you need to do this You always put me one? on the spot. Or we might. <laughs> you and know, I'm where, one for where, one. He <laughs> put me on the spot with the one show and I did all right. And then the next show I totally bombed. So, all right, this will be the tiebreaker. Well, I, I had to raise the bar a little bit. This will be the tiebreaker. So here's right. what I want you to do between now and next time okay. we're together. Yeah. I want you to ask your wife to put a honeydew list for you to take care of the house okay. so you can put her on the hot seat. All right. Okay. That sound all right? As long as I don't get burned on this one, Bryce. (laughs) (laughs) Go back and say, honey, they said if we did that to our house, (laughs) it could burn down. So, no, I don't. Hopefully, we'll test her knowledge a little bit, and we can get her to call in or do something goofy like that. All righty? Deal. Well, Dave, once again, thanks for being on here. I won't put you on the hot seat any longer. All right, thank you. All right, well, appreciate it and look forward to great things. We'll probably have you back again. All right, thanks. Folks, we do this every week. We cover great topics right here on Above Grade. We hope you're enjoying each and every episode. If you got a tip for us, we'd love to hear it, and you can do that by going to abovegrade at jsbrownandcompany.com and and send us an email and let us know what's on your mind. If you don't want to send us anything, that's okay. Be sure to check out our archive of Above Grade podcasts on iTunes or at jsbrowncompany.com. Until next week, when we give you all your tips, this is Bryce Jacob with J.S. Brown & Company wishing you a great week to build from.
Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.